This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So you wrote an article at Shapshots, which I highly encourage people to subscribe to, in which you talked about the Winter Classic and as far as what it is and what it's become. And I wanted to deep dive into that because I do make it a point um, to check, I I like the ceremonies. I like things, you know. But we are on a lot of years since that's begun. Yeah, I, I see. I still like the Winter Classic. Yeah, and I, this is something where I made this. was kind of noodling at me for a couple of days here as I was uh, whether to write this piece or not and everything, just because. And this is, for me, the Winter Classic is a spot where. We no longer, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't have the national appeal anymore, right? And, um, like, if you look at the viewership, like, the first one in 2008, 4.85 million viewers or whatever, yeah. like, last year was, like, 1.7. Right. Um, and this year, whenever the numbers come out, it'll probably be similar to, probably lower than that, honestly. And you need snow. Last, yeah. And it's, it's the thing, though, Gavin, where it used to be a novelty, Right. Yes. It used to be a novelty where it's like, oh, I'm. It's an outdoor game. Yeah, I'm going to tune and watch. Now, yeah, I've there's been four game NHL have its 40th and 41st outdoor games this year. Anyone who you don't need to see it on TV to experience the novelty of an outdoor game anymore. And to me, outdoor games are now like basically local events. That's what they are, and that's fine. They're they're still good. They they make five million dollars a pop for the league often at times and. Um, and, and, and it's great and it helps bottom line revenue and everything like that. But it's, why do I care? Why do I care? What, what, what do I need to care so much more about if a Vegas Seattle regular season game? It, it just doesn't bring what it used to for me and on television. Now I've been to many outdoor. I've been to a handful of outdoor games in person. Winter Classic in Dallas being the most being my favorite. Um, and when you're there in person, it's different. I get that. And when you're yeah. there in person, but these have become local events. There's still two more outdoor games later this year, 
all of it really just kind of screams of figuring out what the next big thing is for hockey, I think. Because yes. I think the Winter Classic and outdoor games should be part of it. There should be more of them. I think every right. team should play that play and have played in at least one, and I think you should have three or four a year. I think that's fine. But I think the league has to stop trying to use it as a crutch as this is our big thing. This is our big thing we do because it's not big enough to be the big thing anymore. What if um, we go old yeah. school and people are going to be like, laugh, but this is true. <laughs> what if we go old CHL, Dallas Blackhawks, Fort Worth Texans slash Wings, old school, and we take out the glass and install chicken wire? Kind of like a steel well, cage match. Do you know what the first outdoor game ever that featured an NHL team was? Oh. Wow. Oh. It was played. Uh, let me get the exact date on here. It was on February uh, 2nd, uh, 1954. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it was between the Detroit Red Wings. And I'm not making this up. This is all true. The Detroit Red Wings went up to the UP and they played a team of prisoners from the Marquette prison. It was the longest yard, but on ice. Like, seriously, it was. Like, it was the... They went up there and they played... Uh, it was the first, so the first outdoor game in NHL history was played between an original six team and a team of prisoners. Um, was it the? Wow! And did the Red Wings win? Yeah, it was uh, yeah. the end of the first period. I got the box. So it was the end of the first period um, was eighteen nothing. The Red Wings were up eighteen nothing <laughs> at the end of the first period, <laughs> and one of the uh, and one of the cooler things about it, and it's kind of one of those things. It's one of those games where I. This game is a weird worm grab on my wormhole because it's one of those where I'd love to see real video of it. Yeah. So this game, the only people in attendance were like prison population. This wasn't for everyone else. This was like prison population watching this game. And uh, so in the game, um, so it's 18 nothing to end of the first period. And so at the end of the first period, they basically did an in the okay, Red Wings won. This game's over. They did an in-game draft. And so... You had uh, basically you had Terry Sawchuck joined the prison team. Uh, Ted Lindsay and Gordy Howe joined the prison team, um, and it was uh, and it was basically there was it was you you had some of the best Red Wings play with these worst players and play against their teammates, and it's like wow. one of those like it's it's kind of like you hear the stories of like that dream team basketball, yeah, like like scrimmage of like those the the, the game the best game that no one ever saw, yeah, like. I would have loved to see like Terry, like Ted Lindsay and Gordy Howe in their prime with Terry Sawcheck be like, okay, us and 15 inmates against the rest of the Red Wings. Right. Let's go. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like how, like how cool is that? Like that's, let's say we're going to go old school and you want to make the winter classic novelty again. Let's sleep. Let's bring back that. Format. Oh man. <laughs> we have to be careful as far as how they sharpen skates. Yes. <laughs> we, that would have to be heavily monitored. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is, I, I understand what you're saying and I, I do think it's still, I, I think it has lost that special feeling. Um, I do like how they've just called a lot of these stadium series and, yeah. you know, it was talked about like, is it going to come back to Dallas? And I immediately started talking, you know, thinking about scheduling because with AT&T, you don't know where the Cowboys are going to end up. So a winter classic, you know, that would be tough. Yes. Because it's not like yeah. it's not like a concert where you can like for instance, 
they played the Cotton Bowl, then they changed everything, and then the Cowboys played the next day. You can't do that with ice. So, you know, it needs to sit. It needs to be there for a bit. So you need a stadium that's not in use, and it does bring up Globe Life Field, which I think would be a really nice venue for it. Yeah, it's the question becomes, um, do you, you talk about the novelty and everything like that, like, Cotton Bowl was, it's so hard to live up to the bar of yes. what the Cotton Bowl is. Yes. And I think the, the stars are well aware of that, extremely well aware of that. And they are um, not really interested right now. And stars are not interested in another outdoor game right now as a uh, as a home team. As a guest, obviously, they'd be willing. I mean, the stars right now, they're quote-unquote, the internal NHL jargon that the league uses is tentpole events which means all-star game. Basically, like, if this whole league is a tent and the biggest biggest tent poles are holding it up, all-star game, Stanley Cup, uh, outdoor games, things like that, uh, um, international games, the biggest thing on the Stars' radar right now is they, they want to be in that first game in Mexico. That is the bigger... That's the bigger thing on the Stars' radar. They're not really pushing nor caring whether they're involved in a future outdoor game right now. It's just the reality of it. Um, they're more interested in playing in Mexico City, and basically they're racing the Coyotes and the Golden Knights to uh, see who can. There's also a business aspect to this too. I mean, someone's going to get those sweet, sweet TV rights for Mexico, so that's going to be uh, that's going to be something as well. Um, so that's where the stars are right now. It's more about playing in Mexico than playing outdoors, and um, I think they do end up playing there at some point. Yeah. Um, even it'll probably be them versus the Coyotes. Um, um be shocking if it wasn't the coyotes yeah and um yeah i mean i like outdoor games i think it's great outdoor hockey is amazing it's wonderful um but to use the line i used in the story outdoor games have become more like concerts than tv events yeah it's just like like imagine your favorite artist is going through is just going on a concert tour you don't really what care what happens when they played the night before in omaha all you care about is what happened when it was there in your town so right Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And for those that... Don't recall, I did want to refresh because Sean also wrote a recent article about the anniversary of (laughs) (laughs) the calling out of Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan when Sean was called to go into the office along with a couple other beat writers who couldn't make Mm -hmm. it. So (laughs) it was just Uh, Sean and his recorder and taking it all in and what a massive explosion occurred. 95, no, I would say 95% of doing this job or doing the beat writer job when I had the beat writer job, 95% of the beat writer job is just being able to show up when someone says, Hey, you got time to chat. That's what it is. 95% of the job, just show it up. And that's what that was. And uh, yeah. I I, I, loved it. I I read it and I loved it. I, I just, yeah. I love the recall and how you presented it. I thought it was a great article. 
Well, thank you very much. I yeah. appreciate that. And I put out on Twitter because when we say something on Spits and Suds, and if you notice, Sean always gives me homework. I never give him homework. <laughs> but Mr. Shapiro and I were talking and it organically came up because it, I don't know who the random name was, but we said, wouldn't it be fun if we just bring up random stars from the past, talk about them, what they're mm-hmm. doing now, etc. So I put it out there on Twitter for future Spits and Suds episodes. Throw me your players. And you guys, the Spits and Suds faithful, man, did you come through. And it was so fun to see the thread, and I continue to get them. And it's so cool. And I think we're going to start it next week. But, yep. I mean, we're talking Rob DeMaios, the James Neal, the Steve Otts, Antoine Roussel, Yuri Lettinen's, the Pat Verbeeks, the Alice Hemskies, the um, Sean Chambers, Brian Sotheby, Aaron Downey. Uh, Sean Avery, Vern Fiddler, Roman Leashenko, um, Curtis McKenzie. You know, I mean, it's just, it was just, it's so much fun just to go down. And so I started, we'll talk about it next week. I started going down one of those rabbit holes and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was like great research to find out, having a little trouble what they're doing now. But, I mean, just some audio that I pulled that I'm really excited to present on next week's Spits and Suds. Yeah, it's going to be good. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we like to have fun, and it's interesting. Some of those names, you're just like, oh, my goodness. So just to let you know, we'll have episodes of Spits and Suds. We'll have a post game tomorrow. We have a Spits and Suds one-timer on Friday. And uh, we'll probably likely have a Spits and Suds post game on Saturday as well. So lots of Spits and Suds episodes coming up. Once again, thank you for an awesome 2023. If you haven't heard the Eric Nadell that we finished the year with, uh, that was pretty cool learning about old-time hockey. Sean, did you know that not only was it chicken wire, but fans actually brought pens to the game and would poke through the chicken wire at the players? I did not know that. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, we think today's fans are bad, but I mean, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. So you got to check out Hall of Famer Eric Nadell. He had some great hockey stories. In fact, he talks about the time he beat out Doc Emmerich for a job because he drank and he was able to drink <laughs> with the coach and Doc Emmerich wasn't a big drinker. So that's how he got the gig he feels. So pretty funny stories uh, from the past. And that's what we do on the Spits and Suds one-timers. All right. Check out Sean at EP Ringside, Shap Shots, D Magazine. Support the man. Thank you. As always, you're a beast a lot of time today and we appreciate it and i guarantee you people will take good stuff from this episode sean i appreciate your confidence kevin <laughs> and thank you everyone for listening thanks everyone for listening to another edition of spits and suts have a great day